on Psalm 91 has caused you to be more mindful of God's protection. Uh, maybe it has caused you to, to kind of not take it for granted like you had been. Um, it is a beautiful psalm that is meant to provide you confidence and assurance despite what you're living through and going through. And I hope that this psalm is doing that for you. But I hope that during the week you're reading this psalm and not just listening to it on Sunday morning or on Facebook Live. This is one of those psalms that you really need to read daily to fully appreciate it. I think about that song, Safe Within the Arms of God. Safe Within the Arms of God. We certainly live in a very anxious era. An anxious era in a troublesome time in a worrisome world. But God offers you protection. And that is what the focus of Psalm 91 is. So if you're physically able, we invite you to stand to show reverence for the reading of God's word from Psalm 91. We're going to go back to verse 1 so we get the full context of it. This week our focus is on verses 5 through 8. But we're going to read all the way from verse 1 down to verse 8 just so we can fully appreciate it. This is what it says in God's word. And remember... For this sermon series, I'm using King James because I love the richness of the language that it brings out in the King James. So it says in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, oh, we desperately need you in this country. We desperately need you in this culture. On this weekend where we pause to remember those that paid the ultimate price for the freedom that we're even enjoying now as we sit in a church and have the freedom to worship you as we choose. That freedom is not free. It came at a price and blood was shed so that we could come in here and enjoy this freedom. There are so many freedoms that men and women have paid for with their own blood. So we, on this weekend that we remember those who paid the ultimate price, and on this weekend, after a tragic week where the news was bombarded with darkness and evil, it is a reminder that we live in a fallen world. It is a reminder that we live among a fallen people. And it is a reminder that your people should be more diligent and more prudent and more faithful in these days that we're living in. We that are of the light should bring light into this darkness. And so God, comfort for the victims and their families in that community of Uvalde, Texas. Comfort and 
peace as only you can provide. I know that some will say, what peace could come of this? But it is amazing how time and time again, all things work for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. All things mean tragedies. So God, we give this over to you. We pray that as we go through this sermon series about protection, that maybe it, it will take a, a sad, tragic event to show us, God, that you are faithful and that you hold us in the palm of your hand and that, God, we shouldn't take for granted the protection. We shouldn't take for granted the freedoms and liberties that we have in this country because they could be gone in a second. So, God, watch over us today. Speak to us through your word and through your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind the old rugged cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to pay attention specifically to verses 5 through 8 of Psalm 91. I want you to notice that this is a protection that is 24 hours. It is all-encompassing, it is all-covering, and it is always there for you. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Where do you get that, Brother Chad? Well, go look at verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. So day and night, God is faithful. Day and night, God is protecting you. Day and night, God is watching over you. That's why you and I should be diligent to pray for a hedge of protection around our homes, around our church. Churches are not immune from these events. Schools are not immune from these events. You need to be more diligent and praying over the safety of communities like you've never been. Because these are dark, dark days, and there are wicked people in this world, and you'll never be able to understand why they do this thing, why they do these things. It'll never make logical sense because they're illogical. So don't waste energy trying to figure out why they do it. Spend your energy and invest your energy in prayer and in, in reciting Psalm 91 day and night because it is a 24-hour protection. Also important to note, this protection that is mentioned in Psalm 91 is all-encompassing, meaning it covers every calamity known to man. So think about this. He says there in verse 5, don't be afraid of the terror by night. You know, darkness is a scary thing, especially to children. Now, I know some adults that are kind of scared of the dark. But, but the darkness is scary to a lot of children because why? Because they hear things, but they cannot see things. It's dark. And so when they hear a noise in the dark, and they can't figure out what it is, and they can't explain it, it what does their mind start doing? Woo! They start creating up the, the monsters and all kinds of things that are not real, that are not real, but because they can't see that, and they hear the noise, and they don't know what it is, it's very scary. So I was staying with my grandparents one time down in Natchez Parish, and uh, my grandmother's brother, so that'd be my great uncle, had bad, bad Alzheimer's, and, and he was there for a little while towards the end of his life, and he stayed the night there, the same night I did, and I... <laughs> This was scary for me because I was a little kid and I had been told, you know, he says weird things, just don't pay no mind. Well, that's 99% of my family. Hello? Um, so, but, but he, he, was a, he was an elderly gentleman and he just, he kind of looked spooky. He, 
He kind of looked like he could have uh, been a cast member of Poltergeist. But anyway, uh, I, he came in, he, he would say weird things, but at night, one night, he came into my bedroom, and I saw this silhouette on the wall, and it was him, and he was hunched over because he was old, you know, and he said, hey, hey, and there's nothing like to a 10-year-old seeing a dark silhouette of an old man going, hey, hey, and I wasn't going to say nothing because how many of you know, if you don't respond, maybe they'll go away. I made sure my little feet were tucked under that. I made sure no item of my, my body was hanging off the side, and he said, So I, there I was paralyzed, and he said, I knew this day would come. And I thought, not, no, not on my watch at home, no, uh-uh. It ain't today, Buster. It ain't today. And I said, I finally mustered up the strength to say, because I like to know who I'm about to fight, even if I'm 10 years old, but how big a boy are you? I wanted to know, who am I facing? And I said, who is it? And he said, you don't know? And I said, I'm getting the back. you in the daytime those are the attacks that we are aware of physically things that are aimed right at right at us I want you to understand something we are in a spiritual war and until you realize that you are going to be defenseless in trying to fight a battle because most of you are fighting a battle with the flesh that is not in the flesh it is a spiritual battle you're trying to fight something physically that is a spiritual problem. And until you deal with the root of the problem, 
which is something I mentioned the other day, no legislation that any body, legislative body could pass will stop evil. No, no legislation can put a control on someone's wickedness. We hope that there will be boundaries. We know that most law-abiding citizens want to follow the law and obey it. But you're talking about an element of people, very small, very small percent, that do not care what the boundaries are. They will cross those boundaries constantly and laugh in your face that you think there's a boundary. That, to them, is imaginary. That their wickedness knows no limit because, again... We're not talking about something in the flesh. We're talking about a spiritual problem. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're fighting a spiritual battle in the flesh, it's a rigged fight. You are doomed. You will fail. That's like Michael Spinks versus Mike Tyson. There's not a chance. There's not a chance because you are trying to fight a physical fight that is spiritual. So the only thing that you and I can do about this spiritual war is to put on the full armor. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. But I want to go back and draw your attention to verses 6 and following of Psalm 91. We're not to be afraid of the pestilence that walks in the darkness. We learned that that word pestilence is the same word. It is used interchangeably for pandemic. Pandemic. This thing that stalks at night or stalks at noonday destruction. You shall not be afraid of that. Look at it again. Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the black plague, the black plague that ravaged Europe uh, centuries ago. In fact, 40%, 40% of the population of Europe was devastated by that plague. They called it the Black Death. But the Jews, it's a very interesting note of history, the Jews that lived in Europe, for the most part, survived and got through the plague. And that caused there to be a lot of anti-Semitism and people to hate the Jews because they thought, now wait a minute, how is 40% of Europe dying, but the Jews, for the most part, are surviving the black plague. Here was the interesting thing. Scientists said that the Jews, because of hygiene practices that they use in their religious ceremonies, because they were so hygienic and they did something as monumental as wash your hands. As something as mind-blowing as that, because of that, it saved them during the darkest days of the black plague, washing their hands. And so scientists and those in the medical profession and historians have said that Jews washing their hands is what saved them in the black plague. Now, I don't deny that, but I'd like to add something to it. I don't just think it was because they washed their hands. I think it was because God's hand was upon them. In fact, one of the stories that goes back to what we talked about last week with Dunkirk, Hollywood may not have shown this, and historians may not talk about this a lot, but one of the things that the Jews did during the Black Plague is they recited Psalm 91 daily. They added it to what they called their daily prayers. Psalm 91, they recited it and knew it verbatim from the youngest to the oldest. And they would, they would recite it daily in their walk. And as they went about their business, they claimed the protection of Psalm 91. Ladies and gentlemen, faith 
over fear is important. Even in the dark days when you walk and you see a thousand fall at your side and you see a pandemic that's causing complete and total destruction and you see a school shooting in an elementary school that you say, how could something like that happen? Even in those days, you are to claim the promise of protection of Psalm 91. This is about faith over fear. This is not about walking as a coward and being a victim of the circumstances. This is about being a victor because Christ has delivered you. He will deliver you and he will protect you despite what you walk through, despite what you go through. His hand is upon you and you don't need to take that for granted. For years we've taken God's protection for granted. We're not even most of the time aware of things that God saves us from. We're not even aware of most of the time when God has stepped in and intervened in your, in your life at just the right moment. Don't take his protection for granted. We will not fear and we will have faith over fear because we don't place our faith in the world. So when the world's going crazy, that doesn't shake you as a Christian because your faith was never in this world in the first place. When the world is getting darker and darker and darker, it does not have the same effect on you that it has on your neighbors because you never expected the world to be a place of hope. If you're waiting on that, then you need to wait till the millennial reign, and you'll be waiting a long time. Because this world's going to get darker. I told you that at the beginning. It's my job as a pastor not to make you feel good all the time. It's my job as a pastor to prepare you for what we're about to face. When the economy is going down, when inflation is going up, when the price of gas is going up, when it's Memorial Day weekend where most of us will forget to light a candle for those that have died before us, but we'll light up that grill real quick. All I'm going to ask you to do, I'm not discouraging you from lighting the grill. I just encourage you to light a candle and say that this candle is an honor of those who fell, those who died, those who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. I'm not against barbecuing. I'm not against grilling. I think it's an honored tradition. But I think when we make that our focus, a grill in the smell of hot dogs and hamburgers, instead of recognizing what this day was set aside for years ago by a bunch of widows that went to a graveside right after the Civil War and put flowers on the graves of their husbands that they'd never kissed again, that they'd never hugged again, kids that would never see their daddy again. See, that's how this tradition started. But with the price of everything like beef and chicken and everything going up and inflation going up, everything's going up except your paycheck. Can I get a witness? You're not shaking like your neighbors are about that because your faith is not in the economy. Your faith is not in the inflation rate. Your faith is not in Wall Street. Your faith is not even in Main Street. Your faith is in the Word of God and in God Himself and in the promises of God. I'm not telling you to deny reality. I'm not telling you to look around and go, oh, it's great. It's cold. I'm telling you, things may be dark, and they're going to get darker, but that's not where you were putting your faith anyway. Don't forget what I said in week one. When you get so spun up with fear and with worry, you're, the problem is you're looking at your opponent, your challenge, or your problem, or maybe you're looking at yourself. And your focus is on the wrong thing. Your focus needs to be on God. Your focus needs to be on God. Our faith is placed on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand.
thinking, think. Some of you are overwhelmed by fear. You're allowing your fears and worries to dictate your entire life. You remind me of a Japanese soldier by the name of Shochi, Shochi Yokoi. Shochi Yokoi, this is an amazing story, and I know some of you will say there's no way, but you can Google it when I'm done. Shochi Yokoi lived in a cave on the island of Guam. He fled there in 1944 when he saw that World War II was turning against the Japanese, and he felt like the Japanese were going to lose, so he sought refuge in a cave in Guam. And he stayed there for 28 years, living, this is unbelievable, living on frogs, rats, snails, shrimp, I'll go for that, <laughs> nuts and mangoes. He survived for 28 years, but he lived in fear of his life and was in a cave. And some of you are in a fear of caves. Don't make fun of Shochi, because many of you are in that same cave of fear and depression, because watch this. This is what he said when he was later rescued by fishermen who saw him and could tell that he didn't understand. The war's over. A treaty was signed. This is what he said. He actually knew that the war was over because one day when he was foraging in the jungle, he found a leaflet that had been dropped by airlift into the jungles of Guam that declared the truce, the armistice. But he said, I was afraid. And never wanted to come out of hiding because I was afraid they would execute the Japanese soldiers. So for nearly 30 years, he decided, I'd rather hang out in a cave of fear than to be set free. 30 years living in a cave of darkness, isolated, <laughs> overwhelmed by fear and depression. He decided that was better than taking a risk and coming out of that cave. When he finally was convinced that the treaty that had been signed would, in fact, guarantee his protection and his freedom. He lived somewhat of a normal life after that. But people that knew him said he would wake up every day wondering if it was a dream and if he should go back to that cave. Some of you have created a cave of fear because you see the world and you see the condition that this world is in and you're afraid. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's another challenge that you've gone through or that you're facing and you have walled yourself in. You've isolated yourself from church, from family, from friends, and you've decided this is what I deserve. This cave, this place of darkness, that's where I belong. No, no, no. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. You deserve so much more than that. And God paid the ultimate price on this Memorial Day weekend where we honor those who paid the price for our freedom. Did you know Jesus paid the ultimate price for your ultimate freedom that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ? And he did not save you to live a defeated life. He did not save you to have you walk around in fear. He did not save you to have you isolate yourself and go live in a cave. He did not save you so that you could allow the problems of the world to crush you and the weight of the world to just break you. He didn't do all that he did on the cross of Calvary to have you live that kind of defeated life. No, no, no. He set you free from all that. And he said, I have come that they may have life and have abundant life. 
not just mundane, not just existence. Some of you are just existing. Come out of that cave. Jesus has set you free. Faith over fear. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, there's someone today, maybe just one, that needed to hear this message. Some people today have decided to choose fear. And they've decided to isolate themselves and live with those burdens of depression and darkness. And they've isolated themselves from help and from friends and family. And God, you're, you're speaking to them today. And I hope that they're listening. I hope that they're hearing instead of buying the lie of the enemy. I pray they're listening to the truth that will set them free. They deserve that. They deserve to be set free. No longer in bondage or a slave to sin or depression or darkness or death. Set free. Liberated. Father, speak to the hearts that are here today. The one that needs to be born again. That is the first step in being set free. Acknowledging Jesus as Lord and as Savior. Trusting Him. And saying, God, I, I need you. God, save me. Get me out of this dark pit. Get me out of this cave. pray, God, for those that are looking for a church to join, those that will be at this altar or maybe right there in their seat just crying out to you in prayer because they're overwhelmed. They want to choose faith over fear. They want to claim the promise of Psalm 91, but the enemy is working overtime. So here's what we're going to do this week, God. Those that are serious are going to read Psalm 91 daily. Psalm 91 over and over and over. We're going to read it so many times that it's going to get into us to give us that assurance, that peace, that confidence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for meeting with us here today where two or more gather together. There I am in the midst. Have your way in this invitation. Pray that those that have questions about salvation or church membership would come down and talk to me or Brother Larry. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. Oh.